Oh, whoa. Oh. Hey, welcome everyone to Being Experiential <laughs> Podcasting. And you kind of just heard Zoom. So no, you can't hear it. I, you recorded. You oh, can't. No, I just thought <laughs> it's actually not shit. That's why I was laughing. I don't know oh. how I turned that on. Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. So this is so exciting because we're on our part three, uh, Wild and Messy Book Club. And we are getting messy. That is our hope. We created the intention we're going to get more wild, more messy, and uncaged. And uh, so we want to welcome our panel here. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hello. Um, just so you know, listeners, we're all topless uh, recording this because we want to get wild and messy. And Kelly votes her boobs look the best. So just so you know. Woo! Shake them, shake them. Wow. Yeah. Can Done. confirm. Shake it, don't break it. Question, whose boobs do you think are the best? I haven't, I can't really tell. Okay, MK's wearing a sweatshirt. So, okay. Let no, me no, no, this. topless. This topless group. I mean, sorry. I mean, just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I fucked it up. I fucked it up. <laughs> we had a wet t-shirt contest. Yeah, she mm-hmm. covered herself up. topless though. Yeah. She got cold. <laughs> I was I was a little freezing, cutting glass, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Kids cry all the time. I go like, like cold. Yeah. He's like, stop pointing out my nipples. I'm like, welcome to being. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> and then I flick him because I'm rude like that. Okay, so I um, point him out too. Don't worry. Oh, good. Well, we're so excited for tonight. And we really talked. We had a little chat before and kind of deep diving in this episode i can feel like the energy and what we're going to share so we asked bethany and i created some questions based on this part of the book untamed by glennon doyle and you know there's a little bit more um what were you calling it bethany you're Um, calling these questions like i don't know vulnerable vulnerable a little bit we tried to get go a little bit deeper and uh yeah maybe a little bit vulnerable just dig a little bit in there <laughs> where nobody wants to go <laughs> we might be the first shirtless topless shirtless topless, uh, topless ever thank you all right so one of the things we wanted to know was you know at the beginning of this section we were talking uh glennon shared about when she went to visit her grandmother who was passing and she talks about kind of sitting in between the two worlds of loss and love and that kind of, and experiencing both of them and she called it the ache and we're, we want to know like has anyone been in that space of where you're in like that lot losing the loss but also in the love calling it like the ache and if so what was that like Jill giggled I I did I did but my thing is not funny so I that's okay I laugh I laugh at really inappropriate things it's totally I okay. say inappropriate things at awkward times so yeah. my thing is not funny um but it made me laugh because I was thinking so I'd like I said in the last episode we had this baby that was really sick Will and when he was born, he was really sick, but I was in the hospital with him and I had had a C-section. So I was on some drugs, but I was very much like experiencing the love of having like your first kid. And also he was really sick, like, and he died two days later. 
And I remember when my, one of my girlfriends came in and she, she didn't have kids and she came to visit me and she was like, how are you doing? And I was like, I, I like said to her something to the effect of having kids is as great as they say, and this kid died. So I can't even imagine how amazing it would be to like get to keep this kid. And I was definitely in that space of like loving because I felt I felt that like first time parent like, oh my God, this is my baby. And this like extremely painful loss, you know, like I wasn't going to take him home. And I remember her just looking at me like I was a little cuckoo because like, who says that? That's a little weird <laughs> to be saying that in a, uh, to someone who doesn't have kids like you should totally do it it's amazing she did not go on to have children I'll just say I did not inspire <laughs> confidence in oh my that. god I think I remember for me when I had my first miss I had two miscarriages and I had just gone to the doctor and the doctor's like hey your did blood work. It's starting to drop. It's an indicator that you, you might be having a miscarriage, but we don't know. We'll see you back in a week. So I was in this space of like, Oh my gosh, pregnant. I'm, but am I having a miscarriage? And I was at Chris, my late husband's water polo game. And a mom came up. She was like, Hey, Aaron, how are you doing? I'm like, good. Kind of maybe I could be having a miscarriage. And she was like, (laughs) and then my friend that got was there, Jennifer, she's like, all right, we're going to take her over here. And then someone else came up and then they, she goes, trust me, you don't want to know what she's doing. She's no. Like, don't ask her. Oh, like, no. a bodyguard, but not for me, for the world. Like, trust me, you <laughs> right. don't want to know what is about to come out of her mouth. Cause I couldn't help but just have like, I call it like honesty of Tourette's like. <sighs> yeah. And then people yeah. go into like, guys just ignored me. Women are like, can I fix it? Right. <laughs> They're like, how do I, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, do you need a pad? Like, they're like literally right now. Food. Yeah. <laughs> like, what you- <laughs> making that decision in the moment. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I had a similar experience. So, a couple of months ago, um, we just first try actively pursuing getting pregnant, like the whole ovulation test before I was just winging it, hoping that something would land. Um, and on a fluke, I was like, oh, something funny is happening. I feel different. And on a fluke, I just tested, you know, less than 14 days after ovulation and I was pregnant. And then three days later I started miscarriage. So I hadn't even processed the pregnancy fully until like the end happened, started to happen. And the end was like five weeks long. It was like one of the longest losses, like you know, I think it's like four to six weeks or something like that, but mine was like five. Right. So it was like one of those things where I was just like, I also word vomit. Like if I'm feeling a certain way, I have to get it out. Like, and it's not coherent at all. It's very jumpy. Right. So I had this plan. I was going to like go home and tell my 92 year old grandmother that she's going to have a great grandchild. And then everything kind of happened so fast that like, I had to call my mom and be like, Hey, how all these plans, but also I'm not, they're not going to happen. So it's like this, I didn't know how to reconcile it. I still don't. It's still like one of those things where I'm just like, did that really happen? It's just very strange. Strange. Feel for you. Like when you said you still haven't, what does that mean? Like, I still haven't reconciled. Like, what does that 
reconciliation, what would that look like? Or- I don't know. I like I, every time I, tr- I try to tap into that, like the feeling doesn't even show up. So it's like, I don't, I don't know if it's even resonated physically yet. Does that, does that make sense? Like the hormones are definitely like come back to life in like the, I guess the normal distribution, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't even know what it's going to take to dig far enough down there to like reach the ache. I know it's there, if that makes sense, but yeah. So mm-hmm. I fell in love with the idea. It wasn't even like, a thing really yet and then I lost it all in like the same week it was just the strangest mm. it's so strange yeah I can kind of relate to I that. remember go ahead sorry go ahead <laughs> Karina, don't be polite it's my turn something to say okay go <laughs> Um, it's interesting when this question came up because I had two, um, thoughts about loss and ache and I mean, we've all lost somebody, whether it's a grandparent or, um, you know, somebody, you know, at some point could be a pet for that matter. But, um, I, I remember the two, you know, how I handle loss typically is I go in kind of like a shutdown mode, um, where I I'm receiving the information kind of similar to what MK's describing a little bit and or even Michelle for that matter where you just kind of joke about it there's just like a shutdown in my brain where I take in the information to the point where people say how are you and I'm like I'm fine um and that sounds weird um but it's it's my first jump into the the grief, I guess. I don't even know if you call it grief at that point. It's 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 the knowledge of something very significant has just changed. And I remember the two times where one that I it played into that and then um, how I handled it. And then another time where it wasn't loss per se, but you know, the first significant I'd say loss was definitely uh, Aaron's husband, Chris. And um, that, you know, to this day, I remember minute by minute everything that happened that day and for that first week um almost like it more so than like princess diana died and i remember that day but when chris <laughs> died it, you know i remember the front page of the paper still you know what we were what we were reading and um it's interesting i remember the shock of it but what i typically do is i go into soldier mode so give me a task give me a job uh, put me to work and, um, anything, and I'm not even consciously thinking of avoiding the grief. I just need a job, you know, because that's what I've been put on this earth to do. Keep me busy. So, and then I remember people were getting help. People were dealing with it. And over time I was watching and I'm starting to feel it. So I'm feeling the grief kind of coming on more. And I remember crying and being upset and having moments and pockets of time where I had to I couldn't avoid it, but I always had something to, to focus, something else to focus on. And I remember when my husband wasn't coming out of the fog because my husband and, and Chris were very, very close and seeing him at a lot. I mean, his father, when he lost his father, that was hard. Seeing him lose his best friend was devastating. And it, and for me, it was like, oh, thank God, not thank God that he lost it, but I had a job again take care of him and so I'm taking care of him doing everything to avoid and it took a while to face that pain 
But here's the, the other quick story around loss was um, last summer, my son was diagnosed with Crohn's and we, we knew something was up. He was sick. He wasn't really speaking up to it. He's 22. So there's only so much control you have over an adult, you know, um, child. And uh, he eventually says, I need, I need to have a colonoscopy. Can you come? Went. And when the doctor and, you know, we had friends that said it could be Crohn's, it could be cancer, it could be a lot of things. And when the doctor looked at me, now I know Crohn's is not a death sentence, but when the doctor looked at me and said, he has Crohn's, it's really bad. And I remember my son's out of it. He had just come out of the colonoscopy and the blanket was off to the side and I saw his hip bone. I had not processed just how much weight he had lost. He was in the nine, 90 pounds everything came crashing down in a point where I couldn't even control the grief. I started seeing death. I started seeing I'm a terrible mother. I started seeing, how is he going to live like this? It, my poor daughter didn't even know what to do with me because I held, I hold things in so tightly. Mm -hmm. And when it came crashing down around me, it, in a weird way over time, it's opened me up. It's cracked something in me where now I feel things more significantly than I ever did before. I can't soldier as well as I couldn't even soldier my son um, through this. I just let it go, I guess. So um, it's a strange thing how that happened. I, but um, something's different about how I manage these things, you know. So you're saying like with those two events that just going from Chris passing to your to Jacob, your son getting Crohn's in the diagnosis, you even saw a yeah. shift like you can't soldier like you used to. No, I can't. I see things differently. I don't even feel it, it. Some, you know, it's I've always had empathy, but I've never been to fully been able to fully connect with my grief or my sense of loss until that moment, that moment cracked something wide open in me and I haven't been the same since. It's a little, I don't quite, can't admit I'd like it really, um, but I'm working <laughs> on figuring out why this was, this is, yeah. I'm supposed to be this way now. Mm. Very different. Give me a job, I'd rather have that, but now I don't even, <laughs> it's but not working anymore. Job. They're like, you're fucking having, losing your shit now, so you get to be- Yeah, why are you crying? Yeah, like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired of soldiering. I don't want to anymore. Yeah, I did. I agree. The next day I went to work, right after I found out. Oh, wow. I, told, mm. I told Aaron what happened, and I was like, she's probably gonna tell me without telling me to not go to work, but, sh but you did it, but I could feel that you wanted to. <laughs> and I still went to work and I feel really guilty for that. I should have taken the time for myself. Yeah. And I, I think there's something around that. Like I had two miscarriages and how I handled the first one was taking care. I think there's a bit of like Trina said, I think it's a really good term. Trina is that soldiering. I took care of people a little bit more, especially Chris. And then the second time I was like, motherfuckers, someone's got to take care of me. That was, I can't do Like, almost like I can't keep, I can't do this again. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something about it that you're getting with loss. There's the pain changes you mm -hmm. like something changed in me that I couldn't do it the same way, which disrupted my relationship with Chris was like, my husband at the time was 
wait, wait, this is different. And it was like, no, no shit, Sherlock. This is different. I think I was more impatient too. Like I just lost another baby. Like, you know, get on the bus. What does the bus look like? I don't know. Like just, you know, jump. Mm -hmm. Have miscarriages on this or lost a baby. I haven't had miscarriages, but I had an abortion. Um, yeah, I know it's Jordan. Was pregnant, not pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have another question for you. I feel like, just so you know, I feel a little dippy, not dippy. I feel a little callous by switching because I think these are really great chairs, like amazing and powerful. (laughs) And when I make a a turn for another question, I just feel, I just want to acknowledge, I feel a little stupid so other than that (laughs) anywho (laughs) anywho next question um so glennon shares this feeling of um the ache that she tried to cover up with drinking bulimia um she said it saved her from being present and feeling connected to anything or anyone have you ever developed any coping mechanisms that kept you from fully feeling uh, the present moment, especially avoiding feelings or avoiding vulnerability? Soldiering. So you already got my answer. <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah. Sex. Sex was my answer. Meaningless, mm-hmm. casual sex. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much everything. Uh, marijuana, drinking, cocaine, sex. And now I'm down to books and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really on the books part, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I definitely skipped about 10 years of my life. Mm. You know, not wanting to deal. Mm. So we have soldiering, sex. Food. Food? Food, mm-hmm. yeah. Food. little bit of drinking but not like too too much Mm -hmm. but food it's a good coping (laughs) skill (laughs) I I lean into like work and then drinking like during COVID we were drinking so much more and we were just I was just having this conversation with my girlfriends it's like okay well if, if we're doing all this stuff now, cause COVID, you know, we're vaccinated and we're back out there. It's like, okay, we gotta get our lives back in order. <laughs> like, get the... <laughs> I feel like we should give ourselves a grace period to be fucked uh, up for a while though. Like we have to do it in public, maybe. Yeah, I hated I'm the fact it. I had to work the whole time. Like I didn't yeah. get to develop my alcoholism this, you know, last year. Like I have to do that later in life, I guess. Were you at all resentful or like people were experiencing COVID? Because though, you know, everyone had different for you, Jordan. Was it like, wait a minute, I don't get to fucking take a break from life? Yes, I hated it. The dad (laughs) had to work the whole time because he was at a busy restaurant downtown. And I, you know, I'm in the tire industry. And And she means tire like on a car, not like tired, like. (sighs) Yeah. Well, I'm in that industry too. Um, (laughs) But like commercial tires, so farming and fuel and that's you know mm-hmm. we had to eat and drive so yeah I was like are you and everyone's like oh it's just been so nice that you know it's been really awakening I'm like fuck your awakening <laughs> I had to work <laughs> but then I eventually got COVID so um 
<laughs> I probably got my two weeks off that I wanted. <laughs> I think my body was like, okay, bitch, you're getting COVID. Like, calm down. You wanted something for this? This is your piece. Pretty much. Oh my gosh. My husband had an interesting observation today about COVID in regards to me. He said, you know, he's a half empty kind of person. You know, every <laughs> he keeps things, he keeps things under control by looking at life that way. I tend, I definitely more half full. And he says, because I hated co I hated the whole pandemic. There was like maybe a good three months where it was fun making sourdough and mm-hmm. Zoom at two o'clock with a cocktail, but then it I it hit me hard. And he says, Yeah, I noticed when I talk to people, the people that are more positive really, really did not do well with the pandemic. The rest of us expected the other shoe to fall. You know, shit was gonna happen one way or the other, you know. So it's like, <laughs> of course it's going on a year he thought it was gonna go on two years and I was like I I don't think I can do this <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> this is just too much but you that's how he in with the it. podcast I was listening to the other day and they were she, she was talking about exactly that that like all the anxiety ridden like negative people were like of course like we knew this was coming <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no no surprise no surprise <laughs> at all it validated him actually it validated just how fucked up everything is and me yeah. it's just like no I don't want him to win this, this no. <laughs> I purposely uh, had no hope like mm-hmm. for the pan yeah I, I I like freaked out a little bit like in the beginning and I was like well because I, yeah. I forgot what I read it somewhere like a soldier was like a prisoner of war for like many years and he'd see people come in and get out and come and like oh. die there and the most ones that would die would be like we'll get out eventually and he's like no we're not like and those (laughs) the people that had hope died so interesting Mm -hmm. Kayla do you have a uh, coping that you use to not feel the present or vulnerability sorry my internet's been like glitching so it's probably been kind of quiet so sorry if I'm like like a Oh, slow-mo. Um, it's interesting because as I typed my answers this afternoon to all of these questions, uh, <laughs> um, I was like sitting with myself, like thinking about this question. And I was like, I, I haven't really come in my mind at that time. I was like, oh, I don't really have any coping me- mechanisms that have like caused like physical harm or anything to me. Like, I honestly was just thinking like, I really couldn't think of any, but it wasn't until, uh, told Trina you were saying like soldiering on and like I was like dude that's me too I, I do that all the time and you guys are like I'm done soldiering and I'm like I'm armored up and ready to go like <laughs> give me stuff to do like I am ready so I mean and I didn't even consider that being like something considered to be in that coping realm so clearly I do have um, a mechanism and it's called soldiering and I'm in the thick of it I think right now because I feel like that's just where I um, sometimes do my best work is just in um, survival mode it's like what's next like okay something's gonna happen I want to be prepared let me figure that out how can I fix this and how can I be prepared so that's definitely um, part of my coping there yeah. might have to start a support group for soldiering on as a coping mechanism <laughs> yeah well my I, sword is still I like definitely join you never know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I was thinking 
the other day that um, all of the business around funerals and you know having can you lean into your microphone? We got feedback that you fade out sometimes. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to text you. I'm just going to tell you because I'm <laughs> fucking okay, going straight. Straight shooters happening. Great. Is it better? Yeah, keep leaving. There you go. <laughs> go in, go out. Right up against the camera. <laughs> I would think I'm fucking with you, but I'm not. And I'm kind of enjoying it looking like I'm fucking with you. I know. And she needs to lift her shirt while she does that, too. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> there you go. So I have decided that all of the business around funerals and having to, you know, is a coping mechanism in the sense of we, it gives us room to not have to deal with the grief right away because you've got to get kind of right to the funeral and the arrangements and, and then maybe even clearing out the house. I've been pondering if that was a social mechanism put in place to give us some space to, to not have to deal with it right away. I don't know. I just thought about that the other day because I noticed that's what happened in my family. We leapt into action, got, you know, their houses uh, emptied, got everything handled, got the services, and it was a way for us to not have to deal with it right then and be present. I can totally relate to that. When my brother died, it was like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. There was no drawn outness to it, like in the space from when I found out to when the, the memorial funeral happened, it was so incredibly quiet. It was like this, we didn't, we didn't, I couldn't, the only way I can explain it is like, it's the most quiet moment I've ever had in my life. And it was like three days just of quiet. And then when the funeral happened, it was just this like fury of like hurricane and motion. Like people were just doing things for us. And we just like went with it. Like we went where the people took us. And then we came home and it was like, what the fuck just happened? It was the strangest thing, strangest thing to this day. Like I, I, I still haven't tapped into that either. I think I, think I have a thing with not tapping it. <laughs> just leave it, just leave it. Yeah, just leave, leave it. it back there. Miss Karen, so, holler at it later. Yeah. So what, what's interesting, and, and I don't know if this is gonna sound morbid or not, is that mm -hmm. on, I've had both of my parents pass on in the last four years and we didn't have funerals for either one of them. And so there's this part of me that like wants to know what that experience is like, you know, because I feel that so many people are like, oh, well, this loved one of mine passed and we had this funeral. We did that. And it's like, I, I haven't had that. I mean, and that, and that sounds so weird because it's just been a different experience. My dad passed away right in the beginning of when COVID was really kicking up. He didn't die of COVID, but we weren't able to like really have anything at that time because it was right when like the world was shutting down. And then with my mom, she passed when I was, um, I was traveling and I happened to be in Italy. And then when I came back, we kind of dealt with things. So with both of my parents, it's actually been this prolonged like experience of closing things down. And it's been, it's interesting. So it's like in a weird way, MK, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I don't know what that, I know like we can, ex we have similar like grief, like we've lost somebody, but I was like, I don't know what that feels like to be in that tornado. And 
kind of want to know what that feels like, you know? Um, but it's like, I think it's just cause I, it's like, we always wonder not what it's not green. Not, it's not the phrase, the grass is always greener on the other side, but it's just like sometimes what other people experience, you just kind of want to know a little bit of what that feels like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense at all, but it's just kind of me. And I just, mm-hmm. so I want, or maybe it's the sense, like, I wonder if my grieving process would be feeling different if I would have experienced what would be like traditional in a funeral and stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe that's where it, maybe that's where it comes from is like, I'm, I'm questioning what I'm feeling if it would be different in a yeah. more traditional sense kind of imagine that maybe you would have like do you I know you're Sagittarius this is me wondering based on your sign Kayla is that you yeah further along the grieving process if you had some formal closure that other people get mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah I mean that's like yeah yeah that's me to a T right there I'm like I feed off of of that type of stuff so yeah wanting that that type of closure it's that yeah mm-hmm. the funerals for us right it's not really yeah for, right sometimes you know the funerals you know we've been to very a bunch of different types and the funeral definitely is not the closure for me and maybe for you you know that you're I mean I'm not going to speak for you but I don't feel like that part you're missing I think the part that I get the most closure from in within a funeral setting or a memorial setting is when people talk about the person I love And that mutual, that mutual, like, wow, they love them just as much or that they had a shitty situation too. Or they, you know, there's something about that communal sharing that it's like, it puts it at peace that you're not alone. And maybe that's something you have to create. It's not as much as a formal, you know, funeral type thing. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it. Because I think there was always this part of me that felt that at either one of their either one of their funerals, I would have had the opportunity of being the oldest to have something about So mm-hmm. like as in a way of eulogy. And so I always imagined like I could tell the world actually like a part of their goodness because from the outside, they weren't the best parents. <laughs> so I just imagined, you know, this- I could tell the world, well, <laughs> yeah. How do we make this happen for you? I want th- this sounds like so special, mm. precious. Like I want to, mm-hmm. I want to help. I'll cook. Me too. I'll help. Good if I'm just doing that. I'll listen to the story since I don't Me know too. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kayla, no, there's, something, there's something there because I think what you're saying, Kayla, is similar to when I've heard clients talk about miscarriages, like MK. They do it alone. Mm-hmm. And no one gets to, oh, I'm going to get emotional because I think it taps into my feeling of when I lost my babies. No one knows what that's. It's such a lonely process. You could have a thousand people next to you. Yeah. And I think losing your parents and had that element of like not being validated, but we're pack animals, not maybe not being validated by a community. I think that's, don't you think that's the same? Like if you have an abortion or you have a miscarriage and you're having to do it in like, private and we're not like sure until you are around other women that are like oh yeah and then I don't Mm -hmm. know if you guys have this experience but like when I've had miscarriage people come out of the woodworks once you say Mm -hmm. your story then you're like all of a sudden surrounded by like oh half the people here have had abortions I I call it getting I get in a new membership card 
right? Like it's like oh, oh, the abortion card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Welcome, I, welcome yeah. Jordan. We've been waiting for you. I will say, like, I have a really large love hate relationship with stuff like that. Like, I I hate that it takes that for the community to show up, but then I also am like, well, I didn't expect it, so I love it, right? Because I wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. I hate that, like, especially with the abortion talk, like it's such like a taboo subject. And like, like you said, like, yeah, they come out of the word like, oh, I've had one. Oh, I've had one. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, what where were you when I had one? Like, right. Yeah. Hi, I could have talked to you, you know, family member. Like I was 20. Yeah. yeah. It's so lonely. And women, I think, do that so much. I mean, as much as we talk to each other more than we, I think, than men probably been you know but oh for sure it's still it's still such a lonely experience and sounds like you're dealing with that too Kayla Kyla Kayla Kayla yeah 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 no definitely and it's so this is this is a great platform so I appreciate you know having these questions come up and being able to talk about this because it's it's really helpful so Mm -hmm. thanks ladies Kayla why don't you write a eulogy to them Okay. I have, I think I have an idea, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it. Maybe we'll see if I'll, th- I'll pitch it to you later. Cause. Okay. But um, I do want to say one of the things that was funny that you said, um, Jordan, about having an abortion. When I did a retreat, I did Hoffman process and they have this opportunity where you experience loss. And I remember they said, Hey, and they acknowledged because you talk about any loss, miscarriage, abortion, it doesn't matter if you lost a baby, you lost a father. And I remember the woman behind me, I said, and they acknowledged me having two miscarriages. And the woman behind me, she said, well, but, and then they acknowledged her and she said, but I had an abortion. And they said, you still lost a baby. Mm -hmm. Like, and I remember she bawled because no one acknowledged her. Right. For losing a baby. And she, for her, that she and I were put in, I assumed like, of course we're in the same boat, but she wouldn't have put herself in that boat with me. Because she chose. Yeah, because right, it, was, it was a choice. Yeah, Jordan and Bethany, you're in my boat. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> but I was I I so related to something that you said, MK, about um, like the not even feeling connected to it or like the time to process it. Like as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I knew I wasn't going to keep it. So I didn't even allow myself to feel that you know feel that connection to it, and then. I almost like I was going through a coaching program at the time. And so I was talking to my coach about it and I was like, I don't feel any grief. I don't feel sadness. I feel like this is the right choice for me. And is there something wrong with me? Because I feel this way. Like, shouldn't Mm -hmm. I feel sad? Shouldn't I feel a different way? And I felt like I couldn't share those, those feelings of feeling like this is really what I need to do for myself because I felt like I was going to be judged, you know, especially like, I mean, I'm pro-choice, but I don't know. It just, I felt like, it's the fear of judgment, which is why we don't talk to each other about it. Right. Yeah. But, but then in yeah. sharing with somebody like one of my friends in the program, she's like, Oh my God, I had one too. And she's like, here, I'm going to help you pay for it. It was like, I got all this support that I didn't expect. And I was like terrified because <laughs> I was like a single mom and had recently been separated from my ex-husband. Um, it, well, it was like maybe like a year after, but it was just like, I was not in a good place. And it was like one of those things where I found out and I was like, is this a fucking joke? Like, <laughs> is the universe playing a joke on me right now? Like, this is the yeah. worst thing that could happen to me right now. <laughs> For sure. 
and, and you don't want to share that, right? It's like, oh, getting pregnant, having children, such a beautiful thing. But it was like, that wasn't for me at the time. It would have been a terrible thing for me. People, women, especially, I think just for some reason, judge other women so much more harshly, right? God. So like, even when, I sh- <laughs> even when I shared like the miscarriage and Erin, I don't know if, or anyone really, if you can relate to this, let's have one, but it's like, my mom immediately went into, well, that's what happens when you work 80 hours a week. And I'm like, slow your roll. Oh my God. Yeah. Slow your roll. But I also have to remember that like, she's waiting for her firstborn to have a child, right? Like that. She can wait. Now you get to wait longer. I don't, and I don't want to, it's an excuse maybe, but like, she's grieving it too. Right. Because she's been wanting this for so long. I'll give that to her, but also like, no. Ooh, yeah. judging Trust. as a co- coping mechanism. Oh. That's mine. That is mine for That's sure. So, yeah. so you don't have to feel it. You then find something wrong with other people and you're like, oh my God, I can't That's believe one of the best things. <laughs> right. It's like, it makes you feel so much better about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Duh. So true. Totally. Your mom was like, that's how she was processing her grief, yeah. right? Is by saying, well, that's your, that was your fault. God, I really hope she doesn't hear this ever. I'm not. <laughs> mom, I'm confronting you now, okay? Deal with it later. <laughs> there's that kind of like control thing that comes with that, right? That there's like, if there's some reason why you wouldn't have worn that skirt, you wouldn't have been there that night. You wouldn't yes. have done, you know, if there's mm-hmm. some reason that if you work so much, you know what I mean? That somehow it's like giving us this illusion that we have some kind of control over shitty things that happen. Yeah, and it's like, right. so if you can be like, well, if only I, whatever, you yeah. know, fill in the blank, then this thing wouldn't have happened. Right. It's like your, your last week you were talking, or yeah, last week you were talking about everything happens for a reason. Right. You're like, no, sometimes <laughs> shitty things just fucking happen. Yeah. Oh, that girl, that girl was cute. Who thought that she didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like, that's cute. Like, <laughs> I feel like they have to follow the group. The person who loses that lost, whether abortion, miscarriage, death, like, I feel like what I learned in my process was I'm just going to follow them. Mm-hmm. And do like, I, that's where I can soldier is you like, how do you want me to support you? Because I'm going to follow the ripple of your grief of right. where you stand, because I don't fucking know well, that I, went into it. I actually think that's what you texted me. How can I support you? And I'm like, God, I wish you were just sitting in my chair right now. No. Oh. Next time you should give me an unreasonable request. You'd be like, okay, you want to really support me? Can you be here? <laughs> Come on, hours. Yeah. One hour. Okay, do it. Oh, you know I'm gonna be FaceTiming everyone, be like, motherfuckers! I open my big goddamn mouth. You eat your words, Eric. I'm just gonna say that your sister told me to do it. So do it, do it, do it, do it. (laughs) Okay, I have another question. So Glennon talks about um she always had this illusion that there was a better way to be a woman, a mom, a human. So she called herself broken. And she was talking about in the book, like Oprah said, she wrote, so she wrote Love Warrior. And Oprah said, you start with the book saying you're broken, a little bit broken. Would you still call yourself that? And Glennon was like, hell no. Like what I realized, like she talks about 
that she thought she was supposed to be better. Like there was a better version of doing this human life. And so I'm wondering, and then it's hard to be whatever. Uh, is there anything, what is hard about being human for you? And is there anything that you make wrong because you don't do it a certain way that is created in your head, you're told, whatever the reason? Hmm. Um, I'm just gonna jump in. Because the, the first thing that came to my mind is, <laughs> um, I'm 30. You can only repeat what's in your notes. If you're, if you're winging it, you don't <laughs> it's, it's in my notes. It's bullet pointed. Okay. <laughs> MLA. <laughs> um, so what came for me was that I'm, I'm 37, never married, no kids. Right. So it's like what society has said for us as women that we have to be right. So I'm like an old maid at this point. And it's, there's like, I go back and forth. It's like some days I don't give a shit because I'm 37, no kids, never married and have a kick-ass job, super successful, living a good, happy life. And I'm fine. But then there's other days where it's like, I'm circled just around shit where I do start to internally go, fuck, like, where did I miss, where did I miss the, the, the bar here? You know, like where, where did I, I mess, I mess up. Um, and it's like, I, I feel it more, I think right now, because I'm in like the, the eye of the storm. Uh, one of my best friends since the fourth grade is getting married and, um, I am in her wedding, which is just a couple weeks away. And so it's just like all those wedding festivities, you know, that brings stuff up. I, I'm getting put in, I feel like I'm getting put into a box of where I'm going to be single forever because mm. now my friends aren't giving me plus ones to like their weddings and their events. Oh. And I'm fucking pissed about it. Like this Fuck. is where I get fired because you, it's like, why you are you deserve to be pissed? Off? Yeah. No, and it's cool. like, I feel like you should be rooting me on just encouragement. Like, Hey, here's a plus just if you decide to bring somebody, right. but no, it's like Kayla, it's like purposely, no, you're not getting one. And right. it's like, why? Cause you, you're just assuming I'm going to sit at the single table forever. And it's just, right. it's oh. frustrating. So it's, so I think for me, that's the first thing that came up is like, I just, I feel like it's, I'm supposed to be further along in my, you know, path to being a wife or a mother and it's just I'm not and I don't know if I want to be but I, I'm tired of being judged because of it I can you know it's funny that. go ahead Jordan oh yeah. I, I can too and in a different way and I'll keep it brief real quick just um it's interesting that you say that I went I was the opposite I got married at 23 had my first at 25 second at 28 and what I am dealing with now in therapy is the exact opposite of never having had the time to let myself grow into an independent woman, to have the experiences. I mean, I, I, I have, uh, well, actually our other sister, Amy, and, and other people that I know who don't have children, you know, are single. Um, and they feel very similar to how you feel. And, and I have spent time going, I would give anything sometimes to just <laughs> not have any of this and trade places, you know? And I yeah. know that simple to simply put, but, um, but there, there's a loss on the other end too, by not having had the time to grow into my own womanhood independently of motherhood and wife. And I've never had that experience. I went from daughter <laughs> to wife to mother never no no time in between so it's i'm i'm working through that at 50. 
So there you go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We all have our shit, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I'm the baby of the family and I have, you know, been with my partner for 11 years, but um, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have a baby? When are you going to do this? I want grandchildren, you know, but before that it was like, oh, he's not the one. He's not this. He's not that. And I'm like, you know, they, they're just going to put you in a box of whatever it is. And you're just going to try your damnedest not to jump in that box that, you know, they're putting you in because it's totally, you know, I like, I don't think I would. So if Sebastian and I would have kept that baby, you know, 11 years ago, I don't think that I would be um, I'd be a martyr, not a mother. You know what I mean? If I, I, I really feel that like I would be a totally different human being than I am today. So also all the people that got married early that I know and had kids <laughs> are, you know, they, they struggle with that. Like you said, Katrina, like they, they struggle through who am I? And, and they're really mm-hmm. trying to find themselves at, you know, you know yeah an older age so it's not like it's a bad thing but yeah it's just you know I wouldn't trade you know I'm grateful for my life my children but it didn't come without um consequences in some areas big ones and I you know it is but you know I would I would you know, I, I can understand where Kayla is on this, you know, and I just yeah. want you to know there is another side to it, you know, too. Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. My sister, my sister and I are six years apart. She's six years younger than I, and she got pregnant at 17. And so mm-hmm. she has been with the same guy for, since they were, you know, 17. So we're all like on opposites. And for several, several years, we had a relationship, we loved each other, but we bumped heads all the time. And I think it's because we were jealous of what the other person had. So she yeah. had a significant other, she has two kids, she has this home, they have this life together. She has this partner that's like through thick and thin with her. And then she sees me where I'm traveling the world. I've got a really successful job. I have my apartment, my own like quiet time. And so it's like, we're, we're bumping heads, but like not recognizing that it's because we both want what the other person has like a part of it my sister's the same yeah she had her first at 20 she'd been her same guy since she was 16 recently she divorced him like only a couple years ago and like it's just now starting where like the kids are older like her oldest is 15 where she's now able to be like okay now I have a little more distance between myself and the kids so we can have fun but also I'm trying to get into the parenting lifestyle and failing but also like it's just like this we're finally meeting in some middle space but now I'm I'm just afraid that once I take on the mom role it's gonna be she's gonna be in like her late 40s and having fun and I'm gonna be the mom that's like (laughs) stuck at home with a kid and then it's just gonna happen again so Mm -hmm. I can understand that really I, I relate to that just because I fell in love with a guy with little kids and now I'm fucking dealing with a five-year-old. And so I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, no. <laughs> Only you. On me. 
And then I'm the dumbass who was like, yes, I love you. I like can figure kids out. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, as I look on the other side of my laptop, I'm like, I can tell children have been in my office. Like I can tell you what happened. <laughs> you took your shoes off. Oh, this happened. All right. Okay. Question. Do any of you fake anything? If so, do tell what is it? Oh God. I think all that. of the above. <laughs> I wrote in the notes that everyone saw. I was like, do you fake an orgasm? Do you fake? Yeah, I noticed that was first. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. <laughs> who really fake? I was going to say, who fakes orgasms anymore? Wait, who well, had a period? I, I used fake orgasms. What? What'd you say? Who what? Who's, who's ever faked? Who's had a period? Not just one. I'm saying like, yes, I've had time for faked orgasms. Yeah. Okay. Mm, no. I just don't think I knew what they were at that time. Like I just hadn't yeah. had one yet. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know if I would say I was faking them. I just hadn't yet. It felt good, Fixed. but then yeah. it really felt good. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you were never like, oh yeah, I totally finished to the guy. No, I just, but maybe I thought I did, you know, right. like, it's just oh, because, I see what you're saying. Like, I, I mean, I always have enjoyed having sex but I just really started enjoying it like in the last probably like 10 years, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, Good yeah, question. but I don't know. Oh, sorry, Kayla. Oh no. What, what, wait, what was the question? You tell your younger self, I think, why aren't more women saying how mm -hmm. to have an orgasm, how to like tell them how to do it or her to do it right. Like, or like, I'm like, why aren't we telling each other our younger selves? Like, this I don't awesome. know. No I one wish. wants to hear how to have an orgasm from your mom. And who else are you going <laughs> to hear from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So true. Jordan, so true. Tells Jordan at 16, girl, this is oh. how it's done. Oh. I don't know, though. You know, like, I feel like they're that that's dangerous. <laughs> that's a solid wow. year old. But also, but also. The boys are doing it? Well, not only. Yeah. The boys, I don't not only know. that, but say, like, I, I was listening to your sexual awakening podcast earlier today which is funny <laughs> yeah apparently sexual journey maybe okay okay i was like sexual awakening okay like did we um, talk about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was our sex journey yes okay, sex journey. okay yeah and like um like aaron you're very direct like no i you have to pleasure me but like no one like you're not why aren't we taught like tell the boy that that fucking does not feel good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm afraid that's to not doing anything. <laughs> if I could scream one thing to teenage girls, I would say, you don't put it in your mouth until they put and give you some girl head. Oh my God, that's so funny that right. you said that. Oh, I, was, I say so, yeah. girls get like, oh, wait, you do it first and we'll see how it goes. I feel like that was one, that's that and I would, would you be willing to have sex on my period? Those are my two sexual screening questions. Yeah. I've had more men freak out because they had blood on their dicks then i want to say that person's not for you well it was like <laughs> i'm so glad you brought this up so i i was lucky i had a a best uh girlfriend in high school and her mom was like taught me us really the two of us all the things and she said do not give a man a blowjob until they go down on you and then also they must earn their red wings if you're going to be in a relationship with them. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad you brought that up because it was like yeah. valid.
validating. Check. Check. I said the same thing to my daughter following a middle school orientation. <laughs> and there was some... I, wasn't gonna, I didn't want to out your story, but I, I oh, love the no. story of your parenting. This is like, well, okay, sorry. This go. was a big one. I just remember it, very similar what MK just brought up. And it we were at an orientation and they the big thing on campus was the, the lipstick ring thing that was popular. And so they're telling us this and my husband, oh, they had actually told where there's certain colors up the shaft of the penis and, and that like, there's a color and you can make a rainbow, I guess that was what they were, but they were describing it in like something around uh, lifesaver terms. It was really weird, but you put two and two together and I'm just, I'm like, girls are doing this what are they getting out of this? And we're driving home and I'm telling my husband, I go, this is bullshit. I was furious. I go, I'm talking to Maddie. He goes, well, what are you going to say? And I said, I'm going to tell her she, she's not doing this unless they go down on her first. There's just no way it has to be that way. Why, <laughs> why would she do this? And he's like, wait, what? What are you doing? I can't be part of this. I can't be part of this. And we got in a fight because he wouldn't be part of this. And I'm like, well, fuck you. And so I grabbed Maddie. I go, do you know what you're late? And I started with labia. And then we went to, she's like, labia, what's that? And, and then we just went on. And she looked at me like, I don't know what just happened here, but I think I'll appreciate it later. And to this day, she still brings it up uh-huh. with appreciation. She is so grateful for that. And also that conversation, especially for any parents listening, was a breaking break into her telling me so much more about her sex life. We've had moments where she's, it's been tricky, but because she knew I would go there with her, that made a big difference. So yeah, it's, uh, I I'm with you on that one. That's a, that's a big one. Pisses me off still when I think of girls just not getting what they deserve. I don't get that at all. <laughs> I think having um, the sex talk with your kids is a very big thing. I never got yeah. it. I never got it either. Never got, never got the sex talk. I just got told not under my house, not under my roof. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I couldn't <laughs> sit on a bed with a boy, even if, like, we weren't on the like opposite sides of the bed. And the door had to be open. And I was like 10, like just hanging out. Nope. Don't sit on the bed. What? What's going to happen? It only happens on bed. <laughs> Apparently. Right. That's right. Only, <laughs> only or in jacuzzis. I think, I, I think uh, my, oh. our grandma said something about, uh, yeah, getting in a jacuzzi with a boy, you'll get pregnant. So I swear to God, she said that. I was scared I for a while. <laughs> Good old Catholic grandmas. <laughs> Sounds oh, about yeah, right. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Okay. In the book, Alicia Key, um, Glennon talks about a, a story she read about Alicia Keys and, and Adam uh, Levine. And Alicia had said a couple of years back, like, I'm no longer going to wear makeup. I'm not going to cover up. And in this article, I guess with Adam, Glennon says, Adam said he walked into Alicia's dressing room and said, and saw her putting lip gloss on her lipstick. And he's like, oh, I thought Alicia doesn't wear makeup. And Adam said, Alicia responded, I do what the fuck I want. That's <laughs> it. So I'm curious, where do you do the fuck you want? And that's it. 
I've learned. I've learned to Kayla, not make definitive. I said I've kind of learned to not make definitive statements anymore like that because things change. So I try not to, you know, say I will never do anything because I've lived long enough to discover that sure as shit in a few years, I'll find myself doing it. So that's she what says I She took. always does. She always she yeah. wants to basically <laughs> always Kelly, right? Always. Yeah. That's right. She never says never because she always, always. She I always, always, always. I'd say, yeah, I'd say, I think for pretty much my whole life is that theme now. I do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> I may yeah. cry along the process and feel like people are going to judge me, but I still do it. Mm. Same. Work in progress. Is that? Cool. Yeah, um, I struggle I mean, with that, but. I know with me, like for, uh, for me, my dad, I remember him telling stories about interacting with people and he would make being an asshole or if you ask him a direct question, very uncomfortable because he would answer you directly. And I remember like as a teenage, early 20s, I remember thinking like, he's fucking brilliant because people that are assholes don't want to hang out with him anyways because he's going to say something or if they're liars, which I struggle with people that don't tell me the truth, they don't want to talk to him because he's going to be really direct and piss him off anyways. And so I think somewhere along the line, I was like, I'm going to do that because Mm -hmm. then I just keep people that are truth tellers usually near me and I keep the assholes at bay. So I think for me, there's a little bit like, I'm going to do me. And that has definitely morphed. I don't know what me looks like. It probably changes every few years. I'm going to do me no matter what. And I can feel when people don't want to do me, they're like, Oh, Oh, you're like this. And they just kind of veer off. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Well, but that's assuming that other people have to be enrolled in what you're doing and do go along with you though, you know, like there's, I feel like that's a, there's a difference between just doing whatever you want and then expecting other people to fall in line with it. No, I don't know. That's what I heard. Like like they don't have to hang out with me. Like I'm going to speak my truth. Right. Right. If you ask me a direct question, I'm going to answer directly. Right. And if that doesn't work for you, totally, please keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I feel like it's, there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. There's I was just getting, no, I was just getting clear. I was getting clear. A, your truth versus the truth. A lot of people right. carry around what oh, they did think I say is the, truth? the truth. No, no, no. But I, no. I know you and I know you're speaking that way. But just to clarify for those that yeah, don't. No, yeah, right, I think right, the there's a big difference. Yeah. And dad is kind of like that. He's he's more of a, his truth. It doesn't come off always. It does sometimes sound like the truth. Uh, true, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but Yeah. It's, uh, but also he's also a never to Kelly. He's, uh, he could say never. And every time he says never, karma slaps his <laughs> took us every time. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's the big I envy in people is being able to just know that it's my truth and not worry about the disappointment part of my, my personality, the accommodator with, uh, you know, that was my title that when she was talking about titles accommodator part when that rears up that's where I get into trouble so I envy people that can be truth speak from their truth and be okay with where the where everything lands yeah if you have do you ever test like the 
like there are levels of do whatever the fuck you want. Right. I feel like there, there are levels. Do you ever test, like dip your toe in the proverbial water with like people you don't really know very well, like insert this book club, for example. Right. So it's like, I don't know. I always find myself being like, I'm going to show this person all the fucks that I don't right. Right. That I do, I guess. And then I'm going to show this person only a few facts. I don't know. I just, I did that. I did that with a new friendship when we moved out here. And that, um, that was the first time I've ever really just laid it out there. And it was, um, I've been rewarded with a very uh, amazing friendship. She's, she's met me every step of the way and she's been vulnerable with me with her truths. And I've been able to meet her there too. It's a very new feeling because I'm not super great with female friendships. Um, I'm, I, don't trust them very much. So um, this has been a, a new, new part, a uh, new experience for me. This is me high-fiving you. I don't, I don't trust. Thank her. you. Thanks. I'm yeah. Yeah, me either. I don't either. So <laughs> I think the only thing I've done that's adapted to that is I think I've told people I have rings of trust and if they want to be in another ring, this is what it looks like. Here's the rules to play in this ring compared to this ring. And like, how did you, so for me, I had to get fucked over a bunch of times for those mm-hmm. to like be established right like my friends yeah and I'm gonna say her name yeah. at work she she and I had a horrible fallout because of work and I didn't want it to be because of work I tried to fix it and resolve it to get back to the friendship and not the work and she shut me down mm. so like I don't show her whatever the fuck I want to do in my life anymore because I showed her all of it and she was like I'm an opportunist and I'm going to take everything you're doing and make it mine. So, anyway. yeah, I mean, that's self-protection, right? Is like, if you know, that person isn't safe for you, that's, that's just self-preservation. But I think I've also, but I have learned, but I've learned only thing I do differently that maybe is I tell them I'm taking this away from you. That's one thing I, I, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I, I had a friend and I never told her I'm taking back the friendship. I felt like something happened. It was so funny. My friend was just telling me, what was the thing that pissed you off? And you just took the friendship back. And I was like, oh my God, I remember taking the friendship back. If I didn't tell her and I made a commitment, if I can, I'm going to tell people, yeah, I'm taking this back. Like I've had a business partner and I'm like, I'm taking this back. I've had friendships. I'm taking this back. And it's the most awkward conversations. Like, yeah. But fuck, I feel so like I'm owning a part of me that I shared or gave up. And for me, there's, that's when I usually have the best closure is when I like do the awkward or uncomfortable or maybe even mean and be like, yeah, we're not, you were the inner circle. I'm not doing that anymore. You can consider yourself in this wrong because this is, I'm taking this friendship back and you don't get access to me this way. What does someone have to, oh, never mind. I'm not going to ask. Lie to me. (laughs) Okay. I was like, should I probe probe here? I'm like, what does someone have to do? Kelly's seen me. I lose, Trina's seen me. I lose my shit. When people lie to me, I like become the most psychopathic. Yeah. If I think you're lying. Yeah. God help you. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm right all the time, but it is (laughs) most of the time. Hmm. You are. Yeah. I mean, that's a gift. But sometimes, as long as I'm not triggered. Well, yeah, exactly. Sometimes we get triggered by, and we think someone's coming from a specific place because Mm -hmm. we're triggered when really that wasn't their intention, you know? Okay, I have another question. Okay, yeah, go. No, 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 go go on. 
Okay, I'm skipping a question just because just to throw you ladies off. <laughs> okay, Glennon, I wanted to know this. Out of all these questions, this is my question because I am, Kelly and I had just talked about this recently. Uh, Glennon talks that she sucks at texting. Like when it comes to friendships, uh, you do she too. is a <laughs> shitty text back, call back. She actually has this whole chapter about it being intrusive and violating, even with people she loves. Um, what would you say you are shitty at when it comes in fr- to friendships? I'm a hermit. So like, I will not talk to friends for a really long time. Not because I don't want to just because I, Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I just am like content in my own world. So yeah, I think that's maybe not making as much of an effort. You're as like cons- a bear. You as consistently. Yeah. I'm like, hump people and then you're yeah, back the right. And then, yeah. And then like you, you think that we're going to, we're going to hang out more and then we don't see each other for a couple of months again. <laughs> I'm moving on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what about you ladies? I think for me, it's high expectations from the other side. You know, I, I, I just don't have a lot of energy for someone that expects way too much from me. Um, I'm not married to them. That's how I look at, at it. I'm not their mother. You know, I don't have, you know, I'll be there. I'll work hard, but I'm only going to work so hard in a friendship and, and when we can't meet each other in the same place and you're constantly raising the bar on me, it's just, and I've had no problem breaking up a friendship. You know, that, that's a weird part for me is I've, I have said, taken back friendships and said, this isn't working for me. And it isn't that hard for me to do. It'd be hard for me with family members, I guess. I don't know. It, but it's hard. It's less hard with that. Um, I just think sometimes it's just become too complicated. So I've just been cautious. I've always been cautious with men. Just I've always been easier for me. I like straightforward. They tell, you know, for the most part, tell it, tell you like it is. And I prefer that. I hate reading tea leaves. It just, it's too mm-hmm. exhausting. Well, they don't take things usually personally either. Men don't. It's, yeah. But I think right. as women, sometimes we do take things That's more personally. Prices. Or talk about it. I mean, one thing I can handle, I honestly can handle one-on-one where you get butt hurt about something I've said or done, even if you don't talk to me, if I could just right. sense it. But when I find out you've talked to other people about it, yeah, I'm that I'm done. It's over with, you know, I don't care who you are. It's like either you have the balls to tell me and help me figure that out or don't, don't just, it's, yeah. it's hard. That's a hard one for me to get around. Kelly, where'd you go? Kelly, come back. <laughs> Kelly's ran away. Well, so Aaron, you want to share yours? I mean, because I feel like you really relate to Glennon with this one. Oh my God. <laughs> I've had, right? you know this. I have, so just for the first time, my sisters, two of the three, my mom, my mom's best friend. So I've had probably like three to four conversations and, and I was talking to Kelly's. I am not a good texter. I think that's what it's right, Kelly. It's I'm a not a good texter. You're not a good responder. Yeah, you don't respond. <laughs> yes. I mean, it can be text, Facebook message, email, phone calls. And and when she needs an answer, oh she, holy she shit. she'll send you message after message oh until you respond God. to her. It's yes, yes. It's like, what I was hell? just gonna say that, Trina. I was gonna say, no, it's that it's gotta go both ways. You really want to yes. know. 
follow up because I'll just be like, oh, I need to figure that out. And then I go on my way and then I'm like, oh shit, Bethany asked me a really deep question last night and now it's three o'clock. And I start with driver being an asshole. Here's my thoughts. And she's like, I moved on. The feeling is gone. She's gone. I'm questioning our friendship now. Yeah, I killed him. He's dead. When I asked you, what should I do? You, you're too late on the draw. Like, I, wish, I wish you could go back and like, because I do that too. Yeah, thank where you. I'm like, oh, that's like, I need to think on that. And then you move on. I wish you could like go back and be like, Mark is unread. Like you do with email. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just go, hey, can I have time to process this? Or like, mm-hmm. have or, like hey, a generic. I'll get right back to you. Right. Yeah. Or like, let me think on this. But yeah. you actually have to get back then. Yeah, yeah. And, like copy right. and paste. Let me think on this. Let me think on oh, this. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You could save a text like response. I didn't even think about that. Right. Mm-hmm. You could have Thanks an autoresponder. <laughs> what? A what? Michelle and I have like... responder. Oh, an right. autoresponder, right? Like we with an email. Yeah. Kelly talks to me in like five different platforms. Just <laughs> twice. I'm like, oh. Okay, this is Kelly's fault, clearly. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> Kelly, she does. She'll, she'll send you. She literally sent me something from, something from Facebook to Instagram. So a post from Facebook she sent to my Instagram DMs. Okay. And I was like, this oh, is from Facebook. Funny. What is she doing? <laughs> okay, that was only once. I got confused. <laughs> rewarding you, though, because, like, you receive <laughs> positive reinforcement every time you have, like, a, an unread, right? right? Yeah, you're you're unpredictable. So it's like we never know where if you're gonna call, if you're gonna text, if you're gonna use you know or Facebook. It keeps you on your toes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Kelly decided Facebook today. I would absolutely, Kelly. You can text me any form you want. I won't respond. Be like, I will respond. (laughs) (laughs) What do you suck at in friendships? What's one thing you suck at? Me? Yeah. Oh, I don't. uh, I have two friends. So <laughs> having a lot of friends. Well, you have six I, more here. So I, well, it's quality over quantity. Yeah. I, I, yeah. My dad, I'm, I'm so much like him. He's like, yeah, I've had like three friends since I was like, whatever, you know, you know, he has a friend from high school, friend from just out of high school and a friend from work. That's it. That's it. That's history. And I'm totally like that. One's my partner. You know, the other one lives in Ohio and the other one lives um, up north. You can't double dip and make your partner also your friend. But I have to go to a different pool. That's not fun. I'm trying to learn that. That's a tough one. It's my, yeah, my, I mean, Sebastian and I were friends beforehand though. You know, we've been friends I, and all of them it's since I was like 15. So I think that's like a core development for me that age. Yeah. And then I have these, these, this like, oh, I thought you were saying people. This is going to be a growth development for you. Like you're going to do the thing. Yeah, she's not changing. Oh no, I'm not fucking changing. Like, no, you guys aren't my friends. What are you talking about? I mean, I, I, I mean, I love you all, but like, like, let's Bethany, get real. Bethany, are we ever going to go fucking skate? Like, come on. <laughs> um, I'll get back to you in two months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. If you do skate, you have to post that shit because we'll oh, be yeah. baby oh, giraffe. Well, she's a- flying. Yeah so true wait wait here's the question who said who said oh we should skate (laughs) (laughs) i'm the one who like initially like say like oh that's a good idea but then like i have to follow through with it myself but not expect the other person to (laughs) 
Okay, I didn't hear Kayla and Michelle. Where where are you? What do you suck at in friendships? So I was so first of all, I'll say regarding texting. I I feel like were you gonna say we have a good situation, Trina? Well, I was gonna say that what I love about you and I is I'll you'll text me or I'll text you and then we don't answer right away and you'll see like I'll look and it was it'll say like five days ago and neither <laughs> yeah. of us give a shit we just know eventually we'll answer well, now if it was something it. like life or death it sucks but we've all we just don't care we just know that we'll get to it eventually she's the only one I allow that space to <laughs> not, not you no because you're too demanding on the other end that's why yeah <laughs> Michelle gives meet. we give and take yes we have yeah, we you got a pick you gotta pick Um, so the thing I think that I'm not good at is I have received like so much um I I think I'm not always present like actively present without someone asking like when they're going through stuff of my friends like I feel like um like if I'm with you I'm with you like I'm in it with you but like like if and because you, this won't be surprising to you. I'm friends with a lot of people, not a lot of people, but the people that I'm friends with, the majority of them are not the kind of people that are going to like show up on your doorstep and be like, I need your help. Like they're, they're more going to, you're not going to hear from them, you know, and you're going to be like, oh, I wonder what's going on with you. There's something, you know, and I don't think I do as good of a job as, as I appreciate that people do for me in doing those little, you know, sending that, you know, card or being like, you know, just being like, what did you say? How, how can I support you? I fucking love that. I was like, you know, cause if you're friends with people that aren't going to ask for it, like then you don't really, you're not able to really be there for them until like, it's really bad. And, and so I think I, I don't do that enough. Like, I, I, cause I really appreciate, I really appreciate when like you would bring me grapes and big Newtons or whatever train, you know, when, when you were doing stuff for me, it's like, not like, do you need anything at the store? It's like, no, I don't need anything at the store, but then someone shows up at your house with a bag of like fun, different groceries. Like that's a, that's a nice thing to do. And I, I don't, I, I can sometimes get like, just so into like the day-to-day you know just like just doing the the things that I sometimes don't take enough time to just like be in relation that's a that's a thing that is I think COVID actually has been really good for me on that because it took away so much of the just extraneous activities and kind of like I made a list at the beginning and I was like, all right, these are the people I want to stay in relationship with. Like, these are the people I want to like grow my relationships with. And I just would like make sure to call or FaceTime or talk to them because I wasn't seeing them as much. Um, and the other friendships, I mean, they're fine where they are, but I didn't tend to them as much. Yeah. Oh, hello. Mm. Oh, there's a kitty on screen. <laughs> For once, it's not mine. That's Phoenix. <laughs> Phoenix is an aggressive cat. Don't yeah, he didn't face. like when you picked him up. <laughs> Kelly, you're muted. Kelly, you're muted. Do you look like a mime? 
He wants. Well, at least your tits look great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. He wants dinner. He's coming to tell me dinner time. Ah. All right. I'm gonna ask Kayla this, and then one last question. Kayla, what do you suck at as a friend? Oh, I just think finding the balance in between the different group friends that I have. I've had a group of friends that I've we grew up since the sixth grade together. Um, and then I've had a group of friends that we met right out of high school and but they're two like separates, right? And so one one group I've known since I was 12. And so they're the ones I just feel like they get mad at me when I hang out with other people, you know, like, it's just like, they, they think I've changed because I've grown up, like my relationships from them. have kind of grown a little bit and stretched. And so it's just, it's trying to find the balance to be, cause I don't mix the groups, you know, like there's just, you don't do that. So um, it, I think it's when I, I don't find a proper balance and then I just, I try and mix them. Yeah. I, I mix no. them. I want some no way never works for me I can't mix no <laughs> way I feel like you just said no way like gravity is real when you said mix the groups I don't understand why mixing the group is that your rule is that their rule um it's my rule um and it's mm -hmm. because I've grown like okay so I feel like I'm gonna sound really like full of myself um oh, since that over the time over the years of time I've really grown and developed into a completely different person. And I feel like sometimes that group that, that I've known since I was little, they, ex well, they totally, they expect me to be a certain way. So when I'm with them, I fall right back into that role. I'm that Kayla, but that's not authentically who I am. Right. But we've been friends since we were like little girls, that that's just the case. But when I have these other group of friends, it's like, I'm a hundred percent who I am. And they love me no matter what. And they don't give a shit about my other friends or how I am with them. But there's this sense of like judgment that would be frowned upon because of the activities and the things that I do with my other group of friends. So I don't mix the two. It's just like oil and water. You don't do it. I wish people had probably mm -hmm. hear in your tone, but you have a look of like, Motherfucker. No, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it's not happening. Not happening. <sighs> no. Okay, last. No. I'm with Jordan though. Mix it up. Mix, mix it, it up. up. Just go. Go for it. Because then you'd be like, invite Jordan. Invite Jordan to one of your favorite groups. Those roles are full. She's got her three uh, friends. Yeah. So. yeah she's, mm -hmm. I do. There are some people that infiltrate, but they have to infiltrate like, the whole friend, you know, like I have people from high school that I still hang out with and I love them and they suck, but I could be myself around them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's some people that will infiltrate and, and I let them, I let them. All right. But are they like the core? Nah. All right. Final question. Definitely <laughs> laughing at something. I'm not sure what. But I'm just thinking about if your friends listen to this, they're gonna be like, "Fuck you, right. Jordan." Probably. <laughs> uh, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm the core." You told me they're gonna be like, "You told me I was the core." How dare you? There's the. I mean, but they also have Everyone's their own best friends, so it's like we're, oh. friends, you know, they have their own best oh. friend. I'm not their Can best. We friend. find out I love how them. this goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I want to know. I don't think Jordan's gonna repost this podcast. She's gonna. Yeah, she's gonna <laughs> I don't want mom to hear it. We got, the slogans, <laughs> and we got the news. I want to share with the world. Okay, ready? Last question, ladies. 
Um, Glennon writes in the book, we control that, that which we do not trust. What in your life are you still trying to control? My friend group. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't trust people. <laughs> I'm joking. That was just a joke. For those of you looking at your notes, Kayla. Um, no, I'm like, okay, where's this question? I don't, I wasn't prepared for this. I did, yeah. Is this was on here.
I was like, wanted us to have like this family dinner, like where we were all talking and stuff. And like, and so we were at dinner and we were having like a conversation, but they were talking about something that I was totally not interested in at all. And I thought it was totally stupid. And I Probably literally Star had Wars. To, yes. And I had to say into my head, Michelle, don't interrupt this family bonding time that is happening because you want to control the conversation that's going to be had. I was like, what right. is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> That's what always happens whenever I think, I know for me, whenever the more controlling I get, the more life goes, okay, well, I'm just going to show you just how much control you have. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I don't get it. No, I get it. Cause I think that, and I think my world's still being turned upside down, having four kids in it every other week. And I think, oh I, I think, I don't know if I've got this yet. I don't have control over how tidy I can control one child. Cause I have 14 years. I think I can, my house looked a particular way Four children. I am losing the battle. <laughs> and I tried getting Carl to align and I got him about 25% agreement on certain things. And then 75, well, 50% where we don't agree. And then 25% where I'm finding he's trying to get me to agree on certain things. So <laughs> I don't trust them. I think I don't trust them to clean up after themselves. I don't trust that the house will like turn out. And I'm in the process of trying to like give up control to a certain, but I'm not fully willing to totally give up. Like I'm not giving up the war, the the war, but I might give up some battles. So, is the house being tidy? Like because you don't feel good without it being tidy. Like what is it? They fucking pay for it, and these assholes oh. are running around messing up something that they have free rent for. It's I fine. I see. And I don't care about their bedrooms. See, Carl cares about their bedrooms. He's constantly like, we should get in their bedroom. I'm like, I don't sleep there. I don't care. I can shut the door. (laughs) Areas that they need to be decent humans when they share homes with, they got to get better at this. Right. And Carl looks at it. He's good. Actually, I've won the battle for the kitchen. We now the kids clean the kitchen. I haven't won the battle for the living room. Because in his world, like, well, they're just going to go back and use it again. Why would they put all the blankets and all this away? They're just going to put their shoes back on. So that's where I'm. I'm sure it's amazing, MK. Like, I'm looking at your house. I'm like, yeah, but I don't have kids yet. And it's hard uh, enough when my husband's not oh, here. I don't have kids. And my yeah, house when my husband's like not here, <laughs> it's clean. But when it's here, like, if you go downstairs right now, it's like there's bolts and screws and, like, screwdrivers and hammers and I don't even know what he's using them for but they're just out on the counter where you also can enjoy a banana you know like I don't understand <laughs> why Greece has to go no, I mean I think that's similar to having children it's just different oh. types of things that would be on the counter exactly you're not really sure with what how they got there or what they're being used for in the moment but they're going to be there so yeah. totally true yep. agreed Anyone else want to add their last two cents before we close out? Anything? You I have more friends. So you try to get control. What did you say? Um, I, I said Ooh, I have more friends. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to cover her bases for anybody that listens. Yeah, it's, <laughs> too, late. it's too late for that. It's too late, but you know, yeah. I was thinking I about it. I just want to know how, how many oh, people. Oh shit, I really do have a. Uh, <laughs> 
we already know we've already like established that we're all your friends whether you have oh, yeah, or not. No, so, yeah. Right. we will eventually Bethany. go Bethany's not well, we're not battle gonna, gonna be when her friends ask who am I in the core though so you have to tell us how many people ask you that question when, yeah, when they, they listen come back my together. friends aren't gonna yeah. listen if oh, they are now because life's going to make them listen. What? Jordan, you have to say that you were on this episode on Instagram and then they, you'll be outed. First, we have to out you out of the closet that you're having this conversation. Yeah, you're not going to. And you might have the conversation Trina is talking about. I'll just tell them that they all suck and I love them. Oh, that's my safety. <laughs> Jordan, we will go roller skating at some point. Just maybe not. Just back roller roller skating. Skating. Maybe not this day. year, but sometime <laughs> i got a pair of cheetah quads like they look terrible and i need to wear them yeah we should just do it that should be our practice oh my god that should be the thing that we do okay so what we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna put out a challenge to the group and if you're listening listeners we'll post it in our facebook group but we're gonna put out uncaged challenges i'll start the list and Ooh. then we'll you can add and if you could pick one or two and this, trust me, if it can get as wild and crazy, like pole dancing, vagina, vaping, not vaping. What is oh it? Oh, my God. Steaming. Be steaming. Be steaming. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> vape- she is just amazing how she switches. The- I'm going to Google this. I'm going to Google this. Vagina vaping. Vagina vaping. Oh, my God. God. I'm, I'm vagina vaping right now. <laughs> Sounds like it's not a thing. She's it's like, healthier than guys, a cigar, hello. right? Yeah. It's healthier than a cigar. Oh, I'm gonna oh Google it, but not on my work computer. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah. Good call. And if it doesn't exist on the web, somebody better buy that term quick. Yeah. <laughs> Vagina vaping. Vagina vaping. VV. Okay, so that one is Aaron's. Aaron has to do that one because did you yeah. do that? Yeah. In the, in the I want to do it my period. What? That's when I do it. <laughs> just, what? what you <laughs> <laughs> just being sassy. Um, okay, so we're gonna throw up the challenges, and everyone's gonna pick. It's everyone, Girl Scouts honor. I don't know what the other swearing things. Everyone agrees to do at least two. Raise uh. two hands, or three, you know, one and a half. And I don't know. Isn't it this? What does this mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't see hands. Kelly's, come on, Kelly. She's got one finger. Kelly, I know you too well. You get to choose. Oh, you get to choose. You get to choose. Hands up, girlfriend. Oh, sorry. I meant, oh. (laughs) What'd she do? Kelly. Flip me off. Which meant she's going to do the hardest one, the middle finger one. That's right. You got double burn. Oh. You always have to have your asshole in the group, and we found ours. Okay. <laughs> we might have I a love couple. that asshole. <laughs> now she's showing us her asshole. It's an ass. TNA. It's an ass for sure. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and everyone for listening. This is number three, so can't wait for number four. Yes. Join our Facebook group. <laughs> A group wild and messy book club based on Glennon Doyle's uh, untamed book. And until next time, toodaloo. Bye. 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 Thanks, guys. <laughs>